electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber. I am live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Jim Cramer, he's at Amazon's headquarters in Seattle. There he is. He's getting ready for his exclusive interview with the CEO of Amazon, Andy Jassy. That'll be uh, aired tonight on Mad Money. And Carl Quintanilla, you ask. Well, he's in Nashville ahead of tonight's CNBC special presentation of Cities of Success that premieres in prime time. All right. So we're all here, just all over the country. Let's give you a look at futures, though, as we get ready to uh, start trading 30 minutes from now. You can see we are set up for what will be a significantly higher open, perhaps. And, of course, we're keeping an eye on that 10-year yield, which did fall briefly uh, below 416. Our roadmap this morning does start with a break from the bonds, uh, the late year rally losing steam in recent days, despite what has been that continued relief, as I said, from bond yields and mega cap tech. It has been underperforming the broader market is a renewed magnificent seven rally on tap in the last days of the year. Wall Street's top brass also heading to Capitol Hill this morning. Some of the biggest U.S. bank CEOs will be testifying this hour. And of course, we will be covering that. We begin, though, with Jim and uh, what's an exclusive tonight with Andy Jassy. Jim, what do you do? I mean, I don't even know how you made it out there. I was here late yesterday at the exchange watching you tape Mad Money. That was at like five o'clock. I don't uh, I don't even understand yeah. how you made it there. You know, I'm anti-sleep. I've not changed that strategy. It's, it's never. <laughs> but remember, I, didn't, I, didn't, I never slept on Tuesday nights for years because that was a waste of time. Right, so of I'm here. I'm at headquarters. We have to speak to Andy. Obviously, we've got uh, commerce to talk about. We have Tenmu to talk about. You're Sheehan. You're Sheehan where your wife buys all those clothes. We're discussing that, Yeah. No, we're not a Sheehan family. Uh, we might be a Timu family. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, it's funny. I saw the first research today on Sheehan as, you know, some analysts were starting to get ready. It's, it's still a ways away, the IPO. But obviously, they've done a great deal of marketing already in terms of getting people prepared to understand their business model. But let's get back to Amazon. Uh, you know, what's the focus for you? Uh, you know, is it is it broad? Is it consumer? Is it AWS? Is it all of the above? Are you going to talk about Prime, which I always go on about, and whether they really need to be spending all that money? Yes. Well, look, I, by the way, I think that Prime, you spend the money, uh, let's say, on, on Prime Video, it brings in new people worldwide. I, I'm going to focus on international, which nobody focuses on. I think it's terrific. And you know what, David? Amazon Web Services, that's been their focus. It's really come back, back into growth. And you know why? AI. So, yes, the focus will be AI because, you know what? I think they're playing catch up, and I think, gonna, I think they'll pass everybody. You do think you think they're well, explain what you mean when you say that you think they're playing catch up, but then you think well, they will pass everyone. Well, look, Microsoft, Microsoft, we know they've opened you know, they've opened AI. Uh, Google always been involved with AI, but Amazon is the one where you try to figure out the practical uses of AI for commerce. 
And I think that the commerce cloud, so to speak, thank you, Mark Benioff, for using that term, makes me feel like these guys could be the locus of, of actual profits from AI. That's what I want to find out. Okay. Uh, well, Amazon is one of the magnificent seven, of course, Jim. You know, it's funny. Yesterday, when we were sitting next to each other, we were talking uh, about um, the fact that you thought that, that things might have already corrected enough that they were getting interesting. It didn't take you very long. It was like one trading day or a few couple of trading days. I should mention this morning, Goldman's out with a note uh, talking about, of course, the Magnificent Seven as well, in which it says, uh, quote, as the laggards to leaders theme gained traction and market participants started to shift focus from the best to the rest, U.S. mega cap tech stocks have sharply underperformed that over the last two weeks. Not yesterday, though, Jim. Yesterday they came to life. Uh, uh, Apple, we were talking about very early in the session, it surged above a $3 trillion market value yet again. But many of the others also had a very good day. Yeah, the trajectory was down at the opening. NVIDIA down a couple at the opening. Finishes up 10. I mean, Apple was obviously the star of the day. It looked like that, that, that things would waver. And then, David, we got a couple of pieces of good news. I mean, you know, Apple, the net... The, their actual apps, the app sales were up. And, you know, I think we have to start realizing that when Foxconn has good numbers, that usually means that the iPhone has good numbers. The street was very wrong about the iPhone, I think. The street was talking about how if there's not a lot of, if there's a lot of phones for sale, it must mean that the supplies are way overdone. I think that they made enough to meet demand, and that's the way I want to look at it. We've also got some reports out today, specifically from the FT, saying they want batteries for their latest generation of iPhones to be made in India. Again, as part of these efforts that Apple has underway to diversify that global supply chain, obviously key to that being moving, uh, moving some manufacturing out of China, which still, of course, represents the bulk of their iPhones and or other, uh, other components to a certain extent. Jim, what do you make of that? Well, I know that they need to put more stores up. I know they're trying to figure out how to, let's say, be more balanced because India's got a better demographic. It's younger. It's growing. It passed China in terms of in terms of population. And they have leverage. I mean, if they want to build something away, the Chinese can't complain. The Chinese unemployment remains a major story simply because we don't know how bad it is. But, David, we do know from what Eunice Yun said yesterday, this is not a $700 billion problem with property. It could be, remember, she used the term trillions. If it's trillions, then anybody who wants to move out of there, well, let's just say the government can say, you know what, do what you want as long as you, as long as you keep some focus here. I really like Apple here in the breakout. I think that it could flop and chop after this big move, but I think it's going uh, maybe to three and a half trillion. Three and a half, so another 500 billion to go. Yes. I'm that's going all, there. I'm saying that. By the way, I think Amazon is uh, is uh, that, that could have a half half a, a half a trillion to go. I know it sounds so strange. To me. Uh, well, yeah, it gets back to something we talk about often, which is just the size of these companies is truly something. I mean, you know, we've both been doing this a very long time. It's it's just stunning. The numbers are still stunning, whether it's the market cap, whether it is the profits, whether it's the revenue number, the capex. You go on and on. The ca- the cash flow, the free cash flow. The cash position, at a, a, for example, at Apple, uh, it just the numbers themselves, the size, the power of these companies is stunning. Even if they may not be violating any trust law, they are awfully large. 
But I'll tell you, one of the things you have to recognize is this move started during the banking crisis when we thought we were going to have a recession. Well, guess what? There's so many people out there saying, given the numbers that we're seeing this morning, ADP, they have to cut because we're about on the verge of recession. I am so not in that camp. But they moved in March. They're going to move again because these are nation states, David. They are not companies. They're nation states. And they're rich nation states. And you know what? They don't even have to pay taxes. It's fantastic. <laughs> Wait a second. Remember, they that got rid of like taxes. They got rid of most of taxes. You sound, suddenly, you sound like, uh, I'm not sure, like somebody who may want more regulation. No, no, no. These companies are all about, look, Amazon, if you go look at their mantra, it's about reducing prices for the consumer. If you look at the FTC's mantra, it's about helping all the small businesses that are on Amazon. And I got to tell you, David, that's, they can be at odds, those two views. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I think Lena Khan last week said she doesn't even have Prime. She doesn't use, she's not a, you know, she's a purist. She won't even actually use She's Prime. a Luddite. She's not a purist, she's a Luddite. <laughs> I don't know. No, she's far younger than I, we are, Jim, and I don't think she's a Luddite. I don't think that's fair, but she doesn't like the product, Was I she guess. against the loom? Did she fight the loom? I, I'm not aware. I'm not aware. Only if it was, you know, I think she was anti-loom. On. I yeah. swear. Um, all right. What else? We what else are we going to be thinking about this morning? I mean, we're obviously keeping an eye on the ten-year yield after the ADP number. You know, uh, we saw a little bit of a weakening there, Jim, in terms of yield. I should say price actually right. strengthened. Although I haven't taken a look in the last five minutes or so. Um, well, is that trade still in place? I'll where tell you. ultimately money's going to move into mega cap tech and other growth areas if, in fact, yields continue well, to move closer to four percent. The shocker of the ADP number was the decline in travel and leisure jobs. And that does line up with American Express, although American Express most recent is good. But American Express in the month of October, not so good. David, maybe people are starting to stay home again. Now, I know someone's going to say, well, that's because they, don't, they have too much debt. No, I think they went everywhere. They went everywhere. You know, I had Gina Drosos on last night. You'll love this. It's Signet, which is Jared, which is Kay. We are starting to have, after a long dry spell, people getting married again. Remember, yeah, it takes a couple years before you, you date and stuff, but there was no dating during COVID. We're start, look at that chart, will you? Look at that. It's a rocket ship. That's because people are getting married again. I think they're not traveling. They're getting married. Really? I think marriage yeah, rates really. are still, like, no, still pretty no, low, ne- aren't they? Next lie. I mean, people are getting married, David. All right. I'm happy they're for them. They're getting married. I wish them and, all. And, uh, mostly first-timers. Long life Mostly first-timers. So you, you're not going to go to my anniversary party. Your anniversary party. Wait, wait is there another one? Shh. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Number two. All right. All right, Jim, stay, stay there. When we don't, come back on, I'll tell you. We got to keep that. Don't fly from Seattle anywhere anytime soon. Stay there. We got another 50 minutes of show to do at the very least. Uh, But we also got Carl because he saw at the top of the program. He's in Nashville and he has a sneak peek of tonight's CNBC special, Cities of Success. Carl. Hey, David. Yeah, it's poetic that uh, Jim's at Amazon and we're here because Amazon is just one example of the fierce flow of capital out of that company to various local economies around the country. Uh, changing the face of major American cities. We're going to take a crack at Nashville tonight with Cities of Success, our new franchise, 10 p.m. Eastern time. We'll talk about that as we watch futures, yields, and a lot more as Squawk on the Street continues. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. 
with a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. We're here in Nashville this morning, and we're excited tonight to be launching a new franchise on CNBC in prime time called Cities of Success, in which we examine American cities that have been reinventing themselves really over the past several years and in the process are drawing in huge flows of capital and jobs and investment. Nashville is going to kick off our series tonight, a good example of all of those things. A lot of these uh, dynamics were put into place years ago by former governors, for example, who courted professional sports teams. And now Nashville has Major League Soccer. It has uh, professional hockey. It has the NFL. We talked to former Governor Phil Bredesen, who talked at length about creating a dynamic in a city where people want to live, which then makes it easier for employers to hire locally. Take a listen. There's a lot of different needs in the community, and it makes no sense to dive after one of them and ignore everything else. And this issue of trying to create a community that would attract young, mobile people to want to come here and live, that's the foundation for the economic success we've enjoyed. There's actually a recipe there that works for the business that says, I can have what my employees like and want, a big, diverse environment with a lot of entertainment but also get what we want, low taxes, friendly business environment. Of course, with growth comes the classic growing pains that other cities like Austin are well aware of, housing, education, public transit. For our doc tonight, uh, Diana Olick talked to housing official John Eldridge about what the housing environment is like in Nashville and just how much that's changed. We don't currently have any houses that are built, completed, that are for sale, that haven't been sold. We had this huge boom that kind of went through in Nashville that kind of phased in and, and maintained a steady momentum. Jim, it's a pretty fascinating look. There's going to be several other cities on our list to look at down the road, but Nashville is a great pilot. And I mentioned the Amazon tie-in earlier. Amazon's building twin towers here downtown and moving or creating 5,000 jobs. Nashville wasn't quite a candidate for that HQ2 drama that we had a while back, uh, but it's definitely one of their biggest uh, retail operations hubs in the country. I got to tell you, Carl, I can't wait for this because I am so riveted to the idea that there are places you can go with, for opportunity, particularly for young people. That's why I really love this series. I have just felt over and over again, it is not time to be in New York. It is time to go west, young man, but not all the way west because that's not, not that good. Because Amazon, which is, you know, where I am, is so huge in Nashville. That says everything. Now, Carl, is it possible that they might be building an entertainment center? Because I got this idea. I'm going to ask Andy Jassy, CEO. Could Taylor Swift be entertaining in Nashville for Amazon on Prime? And we all have to be members. Everybody's got to be a member. <laughs> Are you talking about the new time person of the year, Taylor Swift? 
Well, you know what? I think that Mark Benioff has made his mark. Uh, uh, maybe she'll come to the big gala. But I, I like the fact that where you are, 10 o'clock tonight, is a place that, frankly, people didn't used to go to. But when you get with people who are, uh, let's say, would have normally take a, let's say, to a woman's weekend in New Orleans, it's shifting. They go to Nashville. And it's just a change. Yeah. It's a changed mindset, Carl. How did it happen so fast? Yeah, I think it's it's exactly the right point, Jim. I mean, Nash Vegas is the thing you used to talk about, the music industry, the honky-tonks, as you said, uh, sort of the party atmosphere. But the healthcare industry makes six times what the music industry uh, generates in terms of revenue in this city. It used to be that employers would say, yeah, we're trying to get people to come. They know housing's cheap, which is a plus, but eh, I'm not sure. Nashville, now it's the flip side. Now they're dying to move to Nashville, and housing's the friction because of the rising costs. We're at the headquarters right now of Alliance Bernstein with an amazing view, not far from where Amazon's putting up their towers. They moved their headquarters from New York. Only about a quarter or so of the employees followed, made that relocation. So they had to hire locally. So you almost have to do the workforce first before you can pull those big employers in. But it's absolutely true that if you move there and, and we have a work from home movement, obviously, that your headquarters is going to cost far, far less. You know, Carl, I think if you go to Nashville, everybody's earnings per share goes up. Everybody's. Not just that. Uh, as uh, Seth Bernstein of Alliance Bernstein would say, uh, you're, the, you're the top dog in your industry. Right. You're not competing with the inflows of in New York where uh, Google and Facebook uh, so and so forth were creating uh, frig- uh, share shifts in terms of uh, employer uh, attraction. Now uh, it's the number one financial pull. If you're going to move here in, in the world of finance, it's likely going to be for AB. So that sort of replicates itself over the- several industries. Well, I, I need to know about this series. Because I see industries moving in other places. This series is so important. Where else are we thinking? And how have things changed in uh, you know, cities that we may not know? Uh, well, I don't want to give the store away, Jim. Uh, we're definitely considering a bunch of other candidates for future episodes. I'm sure you've got ideas. I'm sure chambers of commerce all across the country are going to put their hand up. Uh, but it's going to be cities that have made this pivot successfully and are managing the growth problems that inevitably come, as we mentioned earlier. That's a big part of the puzzle, uh, is trying to figure out how to carve that path exactly right. Uh, some stories are well known, like Austin and Salt Lake, uh, but others are still uh, getting into that chapter. So it's going to be a, a fun ride in the coming quarters. 10 o'clock tonight. I can't wait. I love new cities. I love youth. I love what people are doing. I think this is a terrific way to look at real America right now. Here at the New York Stock Exchange, back in good old New York City. But coming up, we are going to have a West Coast edition of Jim's Mad Dash. Of course, we'll count you down to an opening bell. It's about 10 minutes from now. Let's give you a look at futures. Again, you are uh, seeing that we're set up for what will be a higher open. We have a lot more squawk on the street for you straight ahead. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So Brainstorm got too big. Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. 
on Capitol Hill Senate Banking Committee hearing on oversight of Wall Street uh, due to begin very soon. CEOs from eight of the nation's largest banks will be testifying. That will include Jamie Dimon, Brian Moynihan of Bank of America, was a guest yesterday right here on Squawk in the Street. Jane Frazier as well. We're going to bring you live coverage. Actually, it was two days ago, I think. No, it was yesterday. Uh, of the Q&A session, though, uh, as well. Jim, any thoughts as we start to hear? We've already got, you know, some of the prepared remarks. A lot of it is going to be the focus on the capital requirements, of course, and the Basel III endgame. Um, and making sure that you aren't too punitive, I guess, at least from the uh, perspective of the banking executives. Well, look, if we look at the way the stocks have acted, it, it's almost as if people feel there can't be a lot of growth. You know, J.P. Morgan has had a bit of a move here. Wells Fargo had a bit of a move. City, uh, today we actually heard from uh, a high-level official that, that, that they missed the, they're going to miss the quarter on trading. So, I mean, I think that what's happened to the banks, David, is they've become like common carriers. They've become like Greyhound buses. When we used to say, you know what, regulated industry can't make a lot of money. And I just don't think anyone is really interested in these stocks. I think it's a shame because, you know, look, if they don't do well, then we can't have a next level growth. But, you know, yeah. David, I mean, these stocks, Bank of America has been between 25 and 30 forever. I, I, true, I, but I just don't see the upside. All right. Well, maybe in the mid, mid part of next year, you know, if interest rates really do start to decline in a meaningful way, you start right. to get sort of this supercharged idea of net interest income or and or um, they also, uh, you know, the, you know, the story that I'm, I'm laying out there in terms of also no, the losses on bond portfolios and the like, and those things run off. It all starts to get a little more positive. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk more about the banks. We've got some other news to get to as well from Exxon and McDonald's. But first, we're also going to get a mad dash and about five minutes from an opening bell right here at the NYC. Don't go anywhere. All right. It's a cross-country mad dash, as we like to say, when uh, Jim jets off in the middle of the night to parts unknown, this case being Seattle. Um, you want to talk a little one Seattle-based company and also P&G. Right. Now, yesterday I said that I thought that Starbucks was doing well. I want to make this very clear. There has been a downtick in China because it's not coming, let's say, not coming back fast enough. Ooh, GE, I'll go there, too. Uh, and then I, I went and Proctor spoke yesterday, and they also said that China is going to be weaker before it's better. Proctor took a charge. This is not unlike what they did in 2015 with Venezuela. If you take a look at 2015, after they took the charge, the stock just moved. Uh, Zoom, this is about Argentina and Nigeria. They're not making any money there. They're trying to get away from places where the weak uh, currencies are crushing. But, David, both of these stocks have widely telegraphed the weakness in China. You have, uh, you know, look, you've got Procter down from 153 to 146. You have Starbucks going from 107 to 95. I don't know about GE. I like that. But what I, what I want people to understand is that the stocks sometimes are ahead of what people are saying. And when Luxman Narasimhan finally says, listen, you know, Starbucks, China, not coming back as fast, maybe you should say to yourself, oh, that's why it's been going down, and buy some, not sell some. Although, but we had this conversation yesterday, and, you know, you were sort of saying, hey, listen, things are okay in China, as far as your checks were aware. Uh, Twelve straight days down for Starbucks, by the way, coming into today's session. Not particularly good, Jim. No, look, I want to be making make it clear when they reported the quarter, uh, Luxman Simon really didn't give us a feeling that China could have this slower recovery. That's why this was a bit of news. Uh, somewhat disappointing, David, I admit, somewhat disappointing. But maybe the streak is enough punishment. I think the punishment's been meted out. 
Uh, we would like to buy some if we uh, weren't restricted for this yeah. chow chuck. We have a long-standing condition. No, of course not. All right, there it is. About 7.5% loss over the last month. Here's the opening bell. Take a look at the real-time experience back at headquarters. Uh, here doing the honors at the NYC is time. Revealing the 2023 Person of the Year. If you haven't heard already, you can see right behind them, Taylor Swift over at the NASDAQ. Six, that is the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical at the NASDAQ that did the honors. So we kind of got a, a music theme here today, Jim. A little bit of a music theme with uh, both Six and, of course, the giant, the giant that is Taylor Swift. Not to mention that, uh, yeah, Carl is in uh, Nashville, Music City. So it's a music-themed squawk on the street as we uh, get started with trading. And you can see that we're all up across the board, of course. We're also keeping an eye on that 10-year yield, uh, which I believe had fallen to some lows we had not seen in a, in a bit in terms of the yield. Obviously, price moves in the opposite direction. So when we talk about a rally in bonds, we're talking about prices going up, yields coming down. Jim, sometimes it's worth reminding some people who are just tuning in, perhaps, getting to know the financial markets for the first time. What's caught your eye so far? Excellent. You know the company well. Uh, they announced big buyback. Uh, they announced they're going to, going to be uh, to exploring more in, in the Permian. And David, it does nothing. Why? Because oil is the key to this market. If it doesn't, if it, it doesn't hold 70, I don't know where the thing goes. But boy, is it going the way of the Fed. And by the way, so is productivity. And also uh, where we see job not so growth, which is manufacturing, travel, and leisure. It's set up. I, I'm not saying it's set up for a, a cut. That's what people... There's so many people want, who are talking about a cut. I think that, he want, that Powell wants to wait a little bit longer before he cuts. But look at that. Yeah. Look at crude. Look at Exxon. What does no. this say? It says that year over year, prices are coming down. Yep. I mean, 10-year at 4148. And then you saw, again, the right January crude. We're, yeah, we're in the $70 level, Jim. And that is, as you point out, pressuring shares of Exxon and Chevron. And as you might expect. Uh, might expect the sort of broader complex there. The news itself from Exxon, though, I do want to get to because they do, as you pointed out, they raise their share buybacks to as much as 20 billion next year um, or per year. And this is uh, as well from the Pioneer close. Remember, of course, they are in the midst of trying to close that very large acquisition of Pioneer. They did get a second request, not unexpected, from the antitrust authorities for more information that will as expected. It'll take some time, but they do increase that buyback. You see some of the other things, Jim. Uh, CapEx is going up. And, you know, something I've been following since we did our documentary back in June of 2022, low carbon solutions, or what they're now talking about in terms of lower emissions opportunities and what they're spending uh, to pursue those opportunities, that now goes up to 20 billion, it had been at 17 billion. Again, this is over time. This is wow. not all all in one year. They do expect to generate 9 billion in structural cost savings by 2027. That's an addition of 6 billion. Um, total structural cost savings are then brought to 15 billion versus 2019. So, in other words, by 2027 versus 19, they say they Jim will have removed. 15 billion in costs overall from uh, from the company. Your thoughts? Well, I think that they are the leader in carbon capture. They've got this gigantic project that also involves Lindy. They're somewhat secretive about it, but David, 
maybe they've, they've gone from being uh, aware to being maybe the most aware of the damage that oil companies do. I really want to hear from them. I hope you're going to be able to speak with them. Yeah, I will. Uh, in fact, we just put it up uh, a little. Uh, you can take a look. Darren Wood's going to be our guest uh, tomorrow. My guest right here at the New York Stock Exchange. So I'm happy to have oh, Darren. Oh, wow. Yeah, first time we've, we've seen each other in a little while. We did. I think we saw each other at Milken last year. But uh, Is he going to bring the two? Did you have two plants? Did you have two plants, one plant on either side of them? <laughs> the ferns. No ferns. No ferns. I missed that show. David, this guy, he is this pioneer deal is the biggest growth deal that you could have in America. I think that, you know, I think that Mr. Sheffield's done an amazing job there. I love this acquisition because it's going to give them growth for many years. And I love what they're doing in terms of carbon capture because they've become the company that says, look, we're good actors. And that's going to help everybody in the oil patch that Exxon's become the good actor. Right. You know, it's interesting, of course, the Biden administration recently uh, uh, asking for or uh, demanding, you know, more in terms of methane, uh, more restrictions. Um, Exxon has been ahead on that. I remember from our doc, obviously, in the Permian itself, where they really are, you know, trying to get down to zero uh, methane if they can, or almost uh, zero, because, of course, it has, you know, far, it, it, it goes away more quickly in the atmosphere, but, but it uh, is the cause of, you know, it's a lot more uh, significant generator of, uh, of, um, well, of carbon than is, uh, or I should say, you know, of, David, yeah. I'm trying to say a lot of different things here, When you get together with Jim. oil executives, yeah. when you get together with oil executives, you know what they talk about in terms of methane? What? I'll give you a hint. Oh, cows. Move. Cows, cows, cows. Yes. Yeah, I knew you were going there. I know. It's from their burps, too. It's actually from... All right. Let's move on. You want to go to McDonald's? Let's do McDonald's. Yeah, look, they I... They also I, had some news yeah, out okay, this Okay, so morning. they're growing a little faster than expected. You know, yeah. look, um, this is one of those where they never go wrong. You know, McDonald's never goes wrong. They did all the right things. But you know what, David? It's I think it's a little boring. There are 50,000 stores. You know, I like some of the other guys who are, frankly... I had not talked about enough. I like QSR, restaurant brands. Uh, and, and David, I like places that are kind of no one's talking about, which is amazing, which is Yum. I think Yum is cheaper. Jim, look at the move. And look I, at the I, move I, that I, stock has had. Come on. That's a nice move right there. Uh, one month, 5.4%. No, uh, even happened. off the bottom. People it's had a bought nice it little move. They bought it in anticipation. Of this. Right, let's give people, so let's we'll give people the news. It was out at 9.15. They are going to increase their digital loyalty program to 215 million active users, they say, and deliver 45 billion in sales by 2027. Getting a lot of 2027 estimates here from both, both uh, Exxon uh, and, uh, and McDonald's, or at least uh, goals. They're also aiming for 50,000 restaurants, as you just pointed out, by 2027. And they expect to Get this, Jim. Apply generative AI usage across restaurants in a new Google Cloud partnership. What do you think of that? Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Did it say that the McCrispy's going to be good? I mean, what, what do you mean? They what just exactly reworked does... the whole. They just reworked the whole cheeseburger. It looked pretty good, actually. I haven't had one in a very long time, but pretty good. You haven't been lately. I haven't. No, I haven't, David. Been to McDonald's that often. Has AI, I mean, is I want you to name me a company that does not talk about AI. I, I, one of the S and P 500. Just give me. I can't, because they have to be. Me neither. And they have to be thinking about it, and they have to be testing it. 
um, or they at least have to be talking about it, even if, in fact, Jim, as you know, they're doing absolutely nothing. David, they should at least rent the cloud with snowflakes so they can say they have some involvement. Uh, you know, out here, it's very interesting. People have a little chip on their shoulder because Amazon was not first. But I think when people think of AI, what they for sure, not generative AI, but you know how it comes up, you know, if you like the, the, this baby powder, you will like these shoes. I mean, that's like deep mind because right. they, they're in here. They're in here. You know, when they, but you know, David, if you go to uh, Temu, it says like, if you like this cheap t-shirt, you will love this bargain basement hoodie. That thing yes. is like Filene's. No one remembers Filene's. It's like, wow, that stuff is at the bottom of the barrel. People love it, though. They do. Uh, and Amazon's love, down? The stock's down? Tina. Do they not know where I'm here? I'm here. You're there. I'm here. You're there. But maybe it's going to be what comes out of your interview that will actually move the stock tomorrow. I don't, who knows, Jim? I don't know what you're going to get. You're going to spend a lot of the show with well, him? Is it going to be most of the show? I hope so. He's that important. Uh, not enough. Not enough, because we like to talk to a lot of other people when we're out here. Uh, David, we have to talk about Campbell Soup for a second. Okay. This is a stock that had, this is a company, stock's down 25%, that has been missed quarter, missed quarter, missed quarter. They made quarter. They made quarter. And I think maybe people aren't thinking about the GOP1s for a second. You know, they got a lot of snack foods, and the numbers are good. Uh, and I got a sloop Mark Klaus. He's turning it around. So what happened here? They just sold more, more soup and more... Uh... Uh, snacks. snacks. More snacks. Good. Yeah. Pepper's I farm. mean, more goldfish. Uh, pretzels. Yeah. Love those yeah. goldfish. Goldfish are good. Oh, so good. People like goldfish. Love them. Well, look at that. They're, they're better than Cheez-Its, right? I don't know. I think so. I think there's general agreement. Oh, you're going to Kelanova? Kelanova. Kelanova. I think Kelanova. How's, how's that done, Kelanova by the way? won the NCAA a couple years ago. Remember that? Kelanova when they won the NCAA, and then Jay Wright left. <laughs> Hasn't done a thing since then. I know the Knicks have a lot of players from Kelanova on their roster. <laughs> we got Josh Hart. We got Brunson. DiVincenzo. Yeah. We couldn't beat well, Milwaukee it was, last it's, night, Kelanova's though, at a good all. program. It's a very good program. I said Josh Look, Hart. If, Camp, what if Campbell's is doing well, people do have to take a hard look at Kelanova. Yeah. Um, all right, that's good. You see, I like that read-through there. And as we said, they've that got was, a hell of, it, that's heck of a basketball AI. team. That's Google AI. David. You know, by the way, David, people are worried out here. They're worried about the thing you're worried about, which is nope. the, the takeover of the world thesis. Tell me. AI smarter Tell than me what are. you're hearing. Because, AI you know, knows. Yeah, when, listen, we're, I mean, I, I'm no less worried than I've been. Listening to Musk last week with Andrew, you know, always trying to read and listen to podcasts. No, nothing is making me feel better about things, Jim. I don't know what you're hearing out there, but I'm curious because, you know, article today in the journal about the fact that no one, none of these governments are going to be able to keep up in terms of true regulation and or various nation states that are going to be developing things at different rates. We're seeing opportunity here. Not to mention, obviously, the profit motive, which is going to be behind so much of this in terms of the development. The capitalists are in charge. And ultimately, when we get to general artificial intelligence and this thing exceeds our own intelligence and becomes our digital god, as Elon Musk seemed to indicate, could be really not that many years away. It's got me worried. What are you hearing? Well, I think people are concerned that one of the best uses is the summer. Like summarize these, this 50-page report. Summarize these, these 10 reports about how we've done. 
And I think people are actually worried that it may slant in a particular direction, that, it, that there could be a way that in your mind you don't realize it, but there's something political, there's something that skews left. I, I, now, I know this is not something I'm worried about, but I do think when you look at the summaries, David, it, it, AI tends to be a yes man. It tells you what you want. And if you have a certain political view, it's entirely possible that you get your view in an echo chamber. And that's not going to help our country. No, no, not to mention all the deep fakes, not to mention the ability to create. I mean, by the way, the explosion and phishing and everything else, cybersecurity you've talked about so often, it's creating so many more threats and just being able to create them in a much more robust fashion as well. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Look at Sentinel-1. Look at letter S. I mean, this is a, this is a second tier, some say third tier cybersecurity company. Doesn't matter. Everybody needs cybersecurity because they can reprogram us. All this stuff is true, David. I mean, wow, I've been spending a lot of time trying to re, re, trying to rebut things you're talking about, and I'm having trouble. I just think that in the end, you it can be skewed, and we don't even know who's skewing it. It's a black box that may be making us feel more confident than we should be. It may be echoing what we want to hear. And I don't know whether I can trust it as much as I thought I could initially. Yeah, not to mention, of course, we are, uh, you know, less than a year away from a presidential election. You can only imagine what's going to heat up in terms of the, some of the threats you're talking about, misinformation and the like. Uh, the main thing I hear so often about the use right now of generative AI is, is coding, actually, and the advances that it continues to make, Jim. The productivity it's, it's, it's able to create already for companies that are able to use it to help them code, fill in vast amounts of code where then the engineers only have to sort of focus on certain things. So that comes up a lot. Um, and I but did want to mention it. I mean, that, yeah. that's the Microsoft view. Yes. And yes. the Microsoft view is you don't need to go to Stanford and get a comp sci degree to be able to use a computer. That's very democratizing. Right now, there's only an elite that can use a computer. Everybody can use it when you can say, hey, listen, well, uh, can, right. tell everybody me how can, give me, yeah, give me three code. highlights of the McDonald's uh, meeting. Give me yeah. three highlights. And then boom. Um, it's just that I don't know what those three are going to be because it could it be skewed. Right, right. Um, should mention as well that Elon Musk's effort XAI uh, filed to raise as much as a billion dollars uh, to sort of continue his development of Grok, their generative AI product. Um, and then I'll take a look at shares of Tesla, Jim. It's kind of had a little bit of a nice move, uh, up another 2.7% yes. this morning. You know, you'll see some of these charts that indicate, listen, even though demand in the U.S. may not be growing as fast for EVs worldwide, there is still a belief that it is. Now, a lot of that is being stated by cheaper EVs from China, but the bulls will say, hey, it still indicates there's a great deal of growth ahead for EVs worldwide. Look, I've been saying to people, if you want to own an EV stock, don't buy ChargePoint, don't buy Plug Power, which is hydrogen. Buy Tesla. I mean, because they're the ones that have made it so that it's, it's incredibly profitable. It's the largest selling car in the country. Uh, the numbers in China are good. Uh, the, their European business is good. Just, just go buy a company that's making a lot of money. Uh, if you look at the ones that are up there right now, Tesla's by far the most lucrative. Yeah. Um, Jim, we mentioned the banks. I'm just taking a quick look. You'd mentioned something with Citi, but that stock's actually up over 3% this morning. 
um, one of the bigger beneficiaries right now, at least it looks like. So, and I don't, I couldn't find, I didn't know what you were referring to when you talked about a sort of a, oh, a warning on revenue. trade. Jane Frazier is is in the middle, as you see her, uh, as Tim Scott starts uh, starts some of the, yeah, some of the statements. We're waiting for Q and A. We should point out from the bank CEOs, of course, and we will take that live once we get it, Jim. You know, look, I'm watching Deer go up. That stock's been, been crushed in analyst recommendation. Analyst recommendations are moving things right now. Now, the city is a surprise to me because the trading revenue is weak, uh, according to their CFO. But you know what? Look, David, it, 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 when rates come down, as you said, you're supposed to buy the banks, and rates are coming down. What can I say? They're definitely coming down. Yeah, and how are you feeling about that broadening out that you were talking about with me last Friday? I think if the financials are part of the broadening out, then we're going to be in good shape. If it's uh, going to be a broadening out that involves inflationary stocks, no thank you. Like, I don't want it to be materials that takes us up here. I want it to be financials. Uh, I'm, I'm cognizant, by the way, something that Carl talked about with, with he's got city success tonight in Nashville, 10 o'clock. Healthcare. We have seen a decline in healthcare. Yesterday, Dave, did you see the tug of war between CVS and the health and the, the drug stocks? Yes, I did. I mean, CVS is laying down the law. Who is yeah. CVS to lay down the law to Merck? <laughs> well, they go to cost plus as they say they're going to start rolling out next year. That's going to be a significant change. They deliver. They obviously. It would be. Yeah, a lot of people still get their pharma. Hey, David, get uh, this. I want to tell you CVS. something. Yes, tell me. I went to a Dwayne. I went to a Dwayne Reed yesterday, owned by Walgreen. I needed to get Flonix. Do you know? I found the guy, and he opened it, and I got Flonix. I mean, it's unbelievable because That's normally I go to Amazon. Right. I, I wow. happen to need Flonase that moment. But normally I would just go to Amazon. And by the way, I would put it on a monthly and I get Flonase the rest of my life. How about that? How about that? You should have filmed that moment. It's quite a moment. Somebody opening the cabinet for you, incredible. giving you the Flonase. I, I rang a buzzer and three <laughs> minutes later, I got the Flonase. Only three but minutes. But by the way, Andy Jassy might have gotten it to my door at the same time. I think, I think, yeah, I think it would have been close between three and five minutes, most likely. All right, Jim, stand by, stand by. Got a reminder as well that you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim signing up. Find out more, cnbc.com slash join the club, or you can point your phone at the QR code on the screen and go right there. But before we head to break, it is time for the bond report. Let's give you another look at treasuries. Of course, we talked about them this morning a number of times uh, because yields have been down, in fact, to levels we haven't seen on the 10-year in a bit, although we have crept above once again the 415 level, as you see right there. We'll be back right for this. Take a look at the uh, top gainers on the S&P uh, as we're 21 minutes into uh, the trading day. Campbell Soup uh, right near the top there, as you see. Of course, we talked a bit about that, about an expected quarter, especially given sort of concerns. The GLP-1s pressuring some of these companies as well. You can see Carnival and Norwegian also rounding out the top five. We're back after this. All right, that means it's time for stop trading. Jim, what are you thinking? Look, in a tightening cycle, the one group you're supposed to be selling, or if you're hedge fund shorting, is the housing, the home builders. Toll Brothers up 80% this year, a great quarter last night, gross margins going higher. Once again, this is confounding people, but it is a housing shortage, and people want to uh, work from home. Toll Brothers, huge beneficiary. Just a gigantic move in this stock. Just at least what you do. No one expected it, but it's happened. Yeah. 
What is it going? I mean, it's just going to have to be lower mortgage rates that get things really moving. And by the way, if in fact that day comes, do you on the other side say toll is no longer worth owning? His, historically, <laughs> no, it's exactly right? when you should own it. So right. this, what that makes it seem like it's a secular growth story. David, home building is the most cyclical business in the world, but it's changed. And they also don't build anymore. And you know, their eyes don't get too big. They just say, OK, listen, we'll build to suit. We're not going to get more aggressive. And they've become these gross profit machines. It's really surprising how brilliant Lennar and Toll and Horton, Pulte, these companies are incredibly smart. They're yeah. nothing like our parents' uh, companies. That make no. homes and, and that is reflected in the percentage of overall sales that are actually new home sales, which is, I think, at levels that we've never seen given the overall lack of sales. Um, Jim, Let's get to mad because we know you got a big guest tonight. I don't know what else you may have on the show as well, including Andy Jassy. Of we're course, we're focusing Jassy. We're focusing. We're, we're, we're pulling out all the stops, David. If this is a TNP show, which means take no prisoners. And I just feel <laughs> like Jassy knows more about what's happening in this country, whether it be with AI, whether whether it be with the cloud, or of course whether it be with retail. Uh, he's the man, and I cannot wait to sit down with him. Yeah, there's so many places to go that are of importance. It really is uh, a great interview, a great get. Again, I'm not sure when you Thank flew, you. how you flew. Middle of the night, I suppose. It had to be. It had to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the best course. way to fly. Yeah. That's how fly. you get things done. Yeah, no, and as you said, Tuesday nights, they're not for sleeping. No sleeping. I don't like sleeping on Tuesday. No. All right, Jim, good luck. See you later. Um, Thank coming you. Coming up. All right, buddy. And, you're uh, coming up right here, by the way. Speaking of the consumer, we got an exclusive with Walmart CEO Doug McMillan. Also ahead, eight CEOs that include the likes of Moynihan, Diamond, Solomon. There's uh, Brian Moynihan right there. They're facing off against the Senate Banking Committee. Oversight of Wall Street firms is in focus, and we will bring you the Q&A. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.